0: You're listening to Just Means Less ACC Podcast with your host Nick and Micah from Fifth Quarter ACC. Nick, we are approaching a big week in ACC football. Uh, obviously, some pretty notable non-conference games. Nothing, I guess, that would be nationally overly relevant, but uh, for just the brand of the of the conference, it's a it's a must-win weekend. But. How are you doing? How are things in good old North Carolina?
1: Things are good. Weather's starting to change a little bit. Uh, Feels pretty nice out. Uh, I'm just excited for to basically look back on, or no, not look back, not look at week one and look forward to week two because I think there is a chance, a huge chance, that we can come back uh, as a conference with some key matchups. But other than that, I'm good. Just came back from the radio station Uh, Hyping up NC State, but other than that, uh, I'm excited for tomorrow. I am excited for tonight. NFL kicks off, which is very nice. That's good to have that back. But very excited for week two of college football.
0: I did not realize the NFL kicked off tonight, so I want to check my fantasy lineup real quick.
1: (laughs) But I had it. I had to make sure I had Mike Evans in it.
0: (laughs) So so oh, it's tonight that uh, that Buccaneers and. Cowboys, Cowboys, that's right. Yeah. Cowboys. I'll have to. The uh, only thing I'm going on in the NFL is I'm a Ravens fan, and every single one of our players is tearing their ACL. So, um, you know, I'm kind of just kind of giving up on the NFL at this point.
1: <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> for my Ravens at this moment in time.
1: <laughs> that's so funny because uh, the producer and the host of the radio show I work for—they're both Ravens fans too especially the producers. So, like, when the news came out about who tore their ACLs, he was just not in a good mood for the rest of the show. Like, it was very clear. Yeah.
0: Uh, when Le'Veon Bell is going to be the, uh, the lead and star back for your backfield for a team that wants to make the playoffs, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, let's, uh, let's just hop right in here. Um, I can't believe I have to say this, but this is a very big game for the ACC. Duke hosting North Carolina. Um, one gives me a little bit of confidence, Nick, I, uh, I got bored a little bit the other night, uh, actually last night, and kind of just did some research on some of these non-conference games because I really wanted to feel comfortable with the ACC because we talked about it, and like, you know, they talked about it today on Packer and Durham as well. There's a good chance this could be a 14-0 week for this. I'm going to knock on some wood here. But it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. So I wanted to see what I'm missing here because there's got to be – like that 14-0 just, you know, there's no way the A.C. is actually going to do that. So I wanted to find figure out what could be some Achilles heels to this. And one thing that came out positive for me for Duke's sake is North Carolina a and did not look very good last week against Furman. They actually lost that team. I understand, obviously – this is still a very good HBCU team. But I would like to think that Duke could beat Furman. And Furman handled business against North Carolina a last week. They weren't overly successful running the football. Their leading rusher had 33 yards on the ground. Um, and that's something that did kind of kill Duke last week. Their quarterback did sling the rock pretty well. So that's something to keep an eye on. And they had one key receiver who had 146 yards and two touchdowns. So got to limit him in the big plays. But I don't know. I, I just feel like this is a Duke team that, you know, again, we, we don't feel very comfortable with them, but I would like to think Charlotte would also beat North Carolina ANC. And I think Duke, again, they lost the game, of course. But Duke, like, lost the game. Like, I wouldn't say Charlotte won that game. Like, Duke just made too many dumb mistakes, didn't take advantage of their opportunities, and they let Charlotte hang around, and that was a mistake. So, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with Duke here winning this football game. I'm trying to find a spread. I don't know if you've seen one. With this being an FCS matchup, it's not always the easiest thing in the world to find. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what I'm pulling up right now. Um, um, not on the ES. I've got a
0: 21. I've got a 21 from CBS Sports. Uh, so I will take North Carolina AT to cover that 21. <laughs> but I do think Duke should win by two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping. I mean, the performance from NCA&T against Furman uh, does tell you a little bit. Uh, NC State actually does play Furman later on down the road. But um look there' like you said there are some games that you have to point out that could be losses for the ACC and this is one of them because after that performance last week from Duke and you know the the caliber team that NC and a and T is in the historically black college uh division or what do you want to call it uh they're very good so I hope just for the conference's sake to like, cause I know we're c- kind of conference homers, but if the other teams in our conference does well, then fans from other teams in different conferences don't point at your team. Like, well, you're in a weak conference. We could take you easily. You know, this is one of those games where it's like, okay, come on, Duke. Really? Let's let's win this game. Okay. We need it for the brand. We need it for just to have a little bit of pride. So I don't know, man. I think I might lean Duke on this one because it is at Wallace Wade. So I'm not even expecting a lot of fans to turn out. Actually, I'm actually expecting a lot of NCANT and T fans to show up at that game. I think they'll take over Wallace Wade. But this has got to be like a bounce back week for the ACC. And it would be so, so pathetic that – are the only team in this conference that plays on a Friday on the ACC network, it would be awful for us if it started off with another embarrassing loss. So Duke needs this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this game. I just think the end of the day Duke just, just win this football game. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You are the better team. Um, No disrespect to an HBCU school by any means, but there should be no power five team that should be worse than any FCS team for that matter. But HBCU, because again, unfortunately, those schools are just very underfunded. Um, You know, a lot of those programs uh, have a lot of great history, but we see it all the time. Unfortunately. And again, I, I love HBCU football. It's one of my favorite football games I've ever went to was Duke a few years ago, hosted NC central. And I, that was not a great game on the scoreboard, but it was just so much fun. The atmosphere and the traditions of those HBCU schools is one that I highly recommend you go visit at some point. Um, I also went to a South Carolina A&T home game one year, and I really enjoyed that one as well. But, you know, we, we see it all the time. Schools like Grambling and Southern, they go play a power five team and they can't hang. So for the sake of this conference do just take care of business, do your job, win this game, Honestly, I I really, really want Duke to cover here. Like, I mean, I think that's the only way to really salvage any hope for Duke. Like if Duke wins by 10 points, we're all going to be going, well, Duke, one and eleven, maybe two and ten with that Wayne or Kansas potential. But I mean, this is just this is one of those games where I, I have a lot of expectations for Duke to be the team that I hope that they can be in this one.
1: I agree.
0: Well, then let's move on um, to a big game, an actual what should be big game for the ACC. Uh, We've got the Virginia Cavaliers hosting the Illinois Finding Illini. Uh, I've had the luxury, of course, to see the Illini in person this year, being at that week zero game against Nebraska. Uh, Virginia's a ten and a half point favorite. Obviously, this game is in Charlottesville. Um, Illinois is one and one on the year coming off of what was a disappointing performance last week against a very good UTSA team. Uh, I remember I was getting a little trolled on Twitter by some Illinois fans last week uh, when there were fans kind of taking shots when they posted the game, uh, game two or whatever it was post It'd be the most Illinois thing in the world to lose to a UTSA team. And I understand they're a group of five, but UTSA is better than Nebraska I would even take UTSA, not to beat Virginia, but on a neutral side. I think, I think that could be a very good game. I'm, I'm very high on a UTSA, on this UTSA program this year. Um, you know, one thing that I really want to see from Virginia is if they can establish the run. Last week, UTSA did a pretty good job of taking advantage of, you know, having the better running back in this game with sincere McCormick, who had 117 yards. But Frank Harris, their quarterback, was, is not better than Brandon Armstrong, but played the style of game that Brandon Armstrong plays. And that's where UTSA was successful. Their first touchdown was a 94-yard drive that was capped off by a nine-yard run by Frank Harris. Frank Harris used his legs a lot last week to kind of open up the passing game. And that's exactly what Virginia's going to do here, is they're going to try to use again. I mean, how many times in the box score do you see Virginia's leading rusher being – Um, the quarterback. So I'm intrigued to see because I feel like uh, when I watched that Nebraska Illinois game, the one thing I wanted Nebraska to do, and it just drove me nuts being in the crowd, pulling for Nebraska uh, was the fact that they didn't use Adrian Martinez as a runner. And he's had so much success in his history running the football. And I understand maybe the concern that they honestly, Nebraska has no quarterback whatsoever. But uh, to me, the key to this game is going to be Keaton Thompson because I think he can really, spread out this illinois defense running him as a again is that quarterback position where you, know, you can run him on a sweep he can also throw the football he's a great receiver uh, i do expect virginia to win uh i'm not going to say they're going to cover 10 and a half is a little high for me uh i'm thinking it's more of a seven to ten point game for the for the cavaliers but if it was at nine and a half i might take virginia to cover but um what, what are your thoughts on this one I, I, again i just Virginia needs this one, but I will never count out a Brett Bielema team ever, especially one that's coming off of a very disappointing and frustrating loss at home last week to
1: UTSA. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little high on your uh, Cavs uh, going into this week. I think they, I think Virginia does cover. Um, I'm very confident in them. They had a really, they took care of business. Like we said on Tuesday against William and Mary. So Basically, everything that you said, I'm I don't really have much on this game. I'm I really am rooting for Virginia to cover that 10 and a half because that just makes um, the coastal a little bit more interesting. And I think there would be a uh, another dog in the fight for uh, the coastal division champ. So that's all I pretty much got on Virginia. I think they cover, I think they do well, and I think it would be really good. Uh, for the Coastal to have like another team that after, you know, the embarrassment that we had last week, I think it would be good to be a big 10 team at your home, at your place. So.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we can. Um, the nice thing is too, Virginia has a lot of very quality film to get on this Illinois team where, I mean, obviously Virginia has some film from the William and Mary game for Illinois to watch, but I mean, let's be honest, how much do you want to take into effect, into account what Virginia did against William and Mary? They kind of were able to have their way, especially uh starting in that second quarter. So it's gonna be pivotal for Virginia to jump out on Illinois early. Um, to this, to this day, I still think Nebraska was the better team against Illinois. Minus again, you can't I understand the argument. Well, they turned the ball over a lot, they failed to capitalize, so I understand that argument, but if Virginia can just finish drives and not let Illinois hang around, basically giving Illinois its chance uh, early, I, again, I, don't, I wasn't – I remember walking away from that Illinois-Nebraska game not overly impressed with Illinois. I was just more disappointed in Nebraska. So I think that's something, too, that I, I'm interested to see because I mean, Illinois hasn't done anything yet in two weeks that's made me all that impressed, to be completely honest. So, um, you know, if Virginia does what I think they can do and uses – you know, Brent Armstrong, in the way they should, and I think it'll be interesting to see too if Virginia can uh, figure out a way to establish the run because Illinois' rush defense is pretty solid, uh, and Virginia's kind of had a history of struggling getting the between the tackles going. So it'll be interesting to see what they can get from their running back by committee. It feels like uh, in Charlottesville, but I'm glad you're more confident than me. I've just seen Virginia burn myself a little too much, so I won't get too far ahead of myself and. Living in Central time, I am so excited for this kickoff, 10 a.m. Like, everyone gets excited to watch College Game Day at 9 o'clock uh, in the morning Eastern time. Imagine waking up. I'm going to be – I'm actually waking up a little bit early. I'm going to the Nebraska game, so I'm going to get up early, get to Lincoln at 10 a.m. and watch it at a, at a local bar. So definitely excited for that one. But uh, I guess we can move on unless you have any other any other thoughts here. If not, we'll, uh, we'll talk uh, a little inner-city rivalry or what could be an inner city rivalry with Tennessee State and Georgia Tech.
1: Yeah, I think the only thing I have left on this game is I think I just trust uh, Bronco a little bit more. I think he's a really good coach, Um, and I think he needs this type of win. You know, he's going up against a new coach, taking over and rebuilding a program right now at Illinois. So I think this is kind of an important uh, signature type of win. That he could use so that's why i'm kind of confident on virginia going into this week
0: yeah And this game is big i mean for both teams but especially for virginia because they want to get to a bowl game i mean the rest of the non-conference slate is at byu and home versus notre dame no, neither one of those are guaranteed so you really need this one because i think this virginia team should be a 500 team in the conference so you get two out of conference and two in or four in conference obviously you're talking about six and six right there so you know, this is a big one to kind of again get Virginia in the driver's seat to, to go to go bowling as well. And another thing too to think about, Nick, I mean, I'm not saying that why don't I have Virginia would overlook Illinois, but something that does kind of red flag me for this one is Virginia does go to Chapel Hill next week. And that's obviously gonna be a very big coastal game. So it's something too that as a Virginia fan, you know, I'm a little concerned about because you know, as much as I would like to beat North Carolina again, you know. I think it's important that Virginia not overlook a non-conference opponent like Illinois, who is really – is very similar to Virginia in the sense it's a very wild-card type program. You don't really know what you're going to get from, from Illinois on a week-by-week basis. Again, no one thought they were going to beat Nebraska, and they were like, oh, they should beat UTSA, and then they lose. So you might – you're going to get a wild-card type opponent here, so something to keep an eye on. But moving on, we've got Kennesaw State and Georgia Tech. Kennesaw State is a team, Nick, that has me very, very intrigued here. So looking at kind of what to expect from Kennesaw State going into this game, they're 1-0 on the year. I'm trying to remember exactly who they beat, so if you give me like two seconds here and pull this up. But this is a Kennesaw State team that, again, this was a few years ago, so I don't know how much you want to stock you want to take into this, but I got to actually see them play Georgia State in one of these, again, close rivalries, kind of saw states about 20 minutes north of Atlanta. So, of course, you know, it's uh, very close. They're going to travel well. I know a lot of students are making the trip down uh, to Papi God for this game. They they packed uh, Georgia's, uh, Georgia State's stadium, excuse me, uh, last or a couple of years ago. And that game went down to the wire. Again, it was Georgia State. But, I mean, from what we saw from Northern Illinois last week, they weren't all that impressive. But, Something I wanted to mention. So, Tennessee State's one and L, but that win. So they beat Reinhardt University. Have you ever heard of Reinhardt? Nick, do you know what no. university is? So it's an NAIA program. They're they a top program in the NAIA. They're not in the top five. But we're talking about NAIA, not even affiliated with the NCAA, and they won thirty-five to twenty-five. Maybe you want to call it a look look ahead because they're playing Georgia, you know, Georgia Tech the next week, but. They weren't all that impressive either. And, again, I, you know, Georgia Tech did not look very good against Northern Illinois, but it wasn't like they got ran by Northern Illinois. And I think Northern Illinois should beat a team like Reinhardt by more than 10 points. So I'm confident that Georgia Tech should win this game. I'm going to try to find this spread here because, again, this is one of the beautiful, uh, hard-to-find spreads with it being such a, a strange game with the FCS-FBS matchup. But, again, this is one of those things where we need to see improvement. Again, I, I can't remember, but I know Jeff's, Jeff Sims's arm was in
1: a sling. Do you know if he's still out by any chance, Nick? Have you heard anything I, about, about his health here? No, I haven't. That's a good question, to be honest with you. I I haven't heard anything about him.
0: Yeah, I'm going to look this up real quick because, I mean, this thing has, has him uh, – has him as the – cover photo, but I don't know what the necessarily that means, so let's see what's college football I'll probably be my best factor to find something here. So there is no line that I can find, which is actually really strange. No I can find one on some site, but I've tried four different sites and can't find it, so we'll just we'll just say it's 20 again. We'll give it the same line as Duke, so 21. I mean, I'm going to take Kansas State there, um, but you know, again, this is something to keep an eye on because too, Kennesaw State likes to run the football. Northern Illinois had some success last week running the football against Georgia Tech. So something something to kind of keep an eye on here. Again, they didn't move the ball very, very well. Don't see so it looks like Georgia Tech is hopeful that he should get the start. So Jeff,
1: yeah, I just saw that. So so If that's
0: the case, I'm definitely going to take Georgia Tech to win this game by two scores, maybe even three. Um, I think it'll be smart to maybe get ahead early, rest him, let a, a guy like Jordan Yates come in. But this is a Georgia Tech team that needs this win, and honestly, it needs a convincing win. It's kind of in the same boat as Duke, it really is. Like, you need to take care of business against an in state FCS team that you are clearly better than. I mean, I mean, I one of my favorite podcasts of the ACC. I don't know if you ever heard of it, Nick, the Basketball Conference Podcast with Mike McDaniel. Mc, McDaniel and uh, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Why am I drawing a blank on the other guy's name? But anyways, the other one, he is a Georgia Tech alum, and he actually wrote something for the Rambling Wreck the other day, talking about how this is like it's the end of the days for for Jeff Collins and they don't figure it out, because you know. Georgia Tech can can understand, you know, a a time for rebuild, but they can't understand constantly losing games to the teams that they are much better than. So, you know, obviously they need a convincing win here to kind of not cool the seat off, but just not make it any worse for Jeff Collins. So I'll give Georgia Tech the win here, but I mean, I guess in in your, uh, your opinion, what's going to happen here in, uh, in Atlanta?
1: Well, This was going to be my, well, this is my team to improve a lot on going into the season. Obviously Georgia tech failed me, but yeah, they're kind of in the same boat as Duke where they come off of embarrassing losses to a group of five teams that they should have handled and they did not And now they both play FCS teams in their own state. So you have to take care of business. You have to handle it. I have, uh, Jeff Sims goes, which I think he will be. I just looked it up too. Uh, they There should be no reason why Georgia Tech loses this game. They need to put a pounding on Kennesaw State. I mean, they're coming to Atlanta, so there should be no reason why you lose. Um, if this game is anywhere near close, if Georgia Tech doesn't win this game by at least 14, there's something wrong. There really is because you just don't win – by less than 14 to Kennesaw State and you're a D1 program. You just don't do that. Um, If that does happen, let's say if, if Georgia Tech doesn't beat Kennesaw State worse than Duke beats uh, NCA and T, then I think Georgia Tech might be my bottom ACC power rankings going into next week. I, I debated, I know we, we tweeted it out yesterday, I debated who... Who am I going to put last? I just had to put Duke last. But if Georgia Tech just doesn't wipe the floor with Kennesaw State, they literally might be my last team in the power ranking. So I'm expecting a big win. This needs to be a win for Georgia Tech for sure to at least, again, have a little bit of pride in your program. You know, I love that
0: take. I honestly agree with you. Whoever wins, Whoever wins their FCS game more. Or we'll put it this way. I think Kennesaw State might be a couple points favorite over North Carolina ANC. So The only way I'll accept that argument maybe not being true is if, let's say, it's a one point difference. But other than that, whoever wins their game by more will be the highest team. Or take it back, we'll, we'll look at the worst case scenario. Whoever loses less <laughs> will be the higher rated team. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't have to talk about losses, but. At the end of the day, that's what we're going to have to look at. I mean, I can tell you right now, uh, I will not watch a single second of this game unless it's in the fourth quarter and we're close, and then I'll just be watching this game. Like, I don't want to say I'm laughing because I actually really like Georgia Tech and I like their teams. But at the end of the day, like, I was really ticked off how much I got roasted on social media last year for not having confidence in Georgia Tech. And it's like, show me something. Oh, well, we did No, 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 no. Every team in the AC gets one random win a year. Show me something. <laughs> and they haven't done it yet. But yeah,
1: yeah.
0: All right. Let's move on to another FCS, uh, FBS matchup. Wake, Northfolk State. I don't know what the spread is, Nick. Wake should win by 50. That's all I got to say. Wake should win by 50. Northfolk State looked awful, awful last week against Toledo. They lost by 39 to Toledo. They are just like Old Dominion. This will be their second football game in two years. They, took, they opted out last year as well. Their next game is Elizabeth, Elizabeth City State. I've never heard of this school, and I love college football. Never heard of them in my life. I don't know if they're NAIA. I don't know if they're D3. I don't know if they're D2. I have no clue. But, yeah, um, Wake should win by 50. Simple enough. Right, to give you an idea of how crappy this game is, Nick, I'm trying to get rid of my tickets for that game for $5 a ticket, and no one wants them. Like I'm, I'm genuinely – if anyone's listening, or Nick, if you can make it or you know any friends, four free tickets to the Wake Forest game. I can't make it this week, obviously. Three tickets. Heck, I might even pay someone a dollar a ticket if they want to take me. Like, that's how bad this game should be, Wake by 50.
1: Yeah, they – they should handle business. They should not give up a single point. And that's funny how you say $5 a ticket because I'm on ESPN's website right now. And out of all the ACC games, this is the lowest priced game at $5. $5. So Wake should take care of business. This should be 60 to nothing, 50 to nothing, whatever you want to say. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know that Norfolk State played Toledo yesterday. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, last week. And um, yeah, if Wake doesn't destroy this team, that's kind of disappointing. And I think they will. Um, I got nothing else. I mean, they should just destroy them. That's all I got. Uh, they're, they're my dark horse of the, of the year. So uh, it would be great to start off 2-0. I think Wake also got kind of lucky with the scheduling to start off two games in your season against teams that didn't play last year. So uh, that's all I got, really. That, if tickets are as low as $5, that should tell you how bad this team is coming into Winston.
0: And the funny part is, Nick, they're $5 because you can't make them any lower. No ticketing site will let you sell them less than, less than
1: $5. That's hilarious. So I
0: have to, like, I literally, like, on some of, I cannot list them any lower than I currently have them listed. And I'm one of, like, 100 listings. So, like I said, anyone listening, if you want free, I'm probably going to tweet it out tonight. If anyone wants free tickets to Wake Forest this weekend, Completely theirs. 100% theirs. You can make it, Nick. All yours. I genuinely don't know what to do with them. But <laughs> I don't know people in the seats at this point. Um, but anyways, let's move on to a much better game. Uh, this is actually my game of the week. I know what your game of the week's going to be, but you know, you know my man crush for Pitt. Uh, I got roasted by some people on social media for uh, having Pitt so high in my ACC power rankings when they didn't... I mean, again, they didn't look bad, but they, they, they just... Blow the breaks off of UMass, like kind of what we expected. So I just justified keeping them where they would have been in my time because I just, I didn't see, like, I didn't think NC state did anything more impressive to USF that Pitt did to UMass in a sense where I had Pitt higher going into the year. So I just kind of, again, I believe in keeping, keeping ground until something gets someone proves something more or proves me wrong. So it three point favorite in Knoxville, my girlfriend's a dire Tennessee fan. I went to college in Tennessee. I have a lot of friends that are Tennessee fans, and um, they're very pessimistic about this team. But if that's the case, why are they a three-point only a three-point dog? They opened it as a one-and-a-half-point dog, but that has been bumped up by a lot of the public. I mean, this has one of those, those feelings of, like, I don't understand why Pitt's not a bigger home favorite. I understand Knoxville's a tough place to play. This has a little bit of a fun name. It's the Johnny Majors classic. You know, Tennessee fans are excited for it. It is a new kickoff, so I don't think crowds are going to be great. And to be honest, Tennessee was not impressive against Bowling Green. I mean, Bowling Green is the level of, like, if Bowling Green played UMass, I'm taking Bowling Green by a touchdown. And yet, at the same time, it was way more impressive what Pitt did in Tennessee. So, I guess, what are your thoughts going into this one?
1: Yeah. Uh, so that Tennessee game against Bowling Green, I mean, Tennessee had a lot of opportunities to make that score a lot wider than it was. Um, look, listen, I think Pitt should straight up win this game. Uh, Tennessee's got a brand new head coach and Pitt has a lot of experience and I don't think they should let the atmosphere get to them. I think they're too um, experienced, like I said before, to let that rattle you and um, And I'm kind of on, like I said before, I'm on the train with you on Pitt. They could, like Virginia Tech, they could cause a lot of coastal chaos this year. Um, I'm hoping Pitt wins. I think that would be huge for us as a conference, but I think that would be huge for the program as well, just to go to an SEC school and uh, beat them. So I'm hoping Pitt wins. I think they will win. Uh, You said it was Tennessee minus three, correct?
0: It's Pitt minus three.
1: Pitt minus three. Okay. I think Pitt might cover. I think I'm very – I'm riding high on Pitt right now. Uh, Like you said before, they did what they had to do against UMass last week, and I think they will take care of business in Tennessee. So that's all I pretty much got.
0: Yeah, for me, if Pitt doesn't cover, they're losing the game. That's kind of how I look
1: at it. Pretty much. Yeah, I agree.
0: I mean, I think that, again, like I – you look at the stats of Tennessee, and I mean, Joe Milton, that was not impressive. I still, um, I'm a big fan of Hendon Hooker. I mean, there's some health question marks. I think that's why he left. He's the backup at Tennessee now. But there was nothing overly impressive. I mean, I do like Jabari. Jabari, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Small is the running back. He had 117 yards. But, again, nothing was overly impressive for Tennessee. Um, I just don't. I don't think that there's any reason. I mean, Josh Heupel gets so much heat from UCF fans. They were happy he left, but they're thankful Tennessee poached him, which is kind of one of the more stranger things you hear when your coach gets taken by a Power 5 team and you're excited by that. But I think Pat Narduzzi is a better coach. Uh, Pat Narduzzi saw Heupel a couple years ago when he was at UCF, so he kind of knows what to expect from that offense. I think what Heupel had at UCF a couple years ago was better than what um, he has at Tennessee right now. In terms of understanding his personnel. So, yeah, give me pick the cover. Um, I love Kenny Pickett so much that I expect him to have a pretty solid day against this Tennessee defense. All right, any final thoughts, or shall we move on to another big game, uh, Power 5 matchup with
1: Rutgers and Syracuse? No, that's it. I think Pitt should win this game.
0: All right, let's move forward then.
1: This is probably the biggest trap game
0: for the ACC. Um, I don't even know if it's a trap game. Syracuse is a two and a half point underdog, but this is probably the biggest game for the sake of Syracuse or the, you know, the ACC. Because I mean, actually, the back, I think Pitt, I think Pitt, Tennessee is the biggest one because like everyone in the like everyone FC country is making fun of Tennessee. So if Tennessee beats a, a upper half ACC team, then that just ruins our our brand very very massively. But – you know, this is something where again, just getting a win against the Big Ten, getting a win as an underdog, you know, beating a, a I wouldn't say a median darling by any means. The Rutgers is getting a lot of love. A lot of people are really excited about what's going on there with Pacianno. So, you know, this is a this is a Rutgers team that looked very very good against Temple. Like we we were happy with it. We were very impressed with Syracuse's performance. You know, against uh, Ohio, but I would argue that Rutgers looked much better against Temple. Though so I will say. Temple is not the Temple Owls that, you know, Sam Howell had a field day against a couple of years ago in the military. Well, that's, this team is, is very, very um, not underrated, overrated, excuse me, but they're just not anything extra special. So it's something to kind of keep an eye on uh, moving forward. The Akron for district Temple does. So I'm intrigued to see how that match ends up going, but I guess, I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts here? Because I, uh, I'm going to pick Rutgers to win. I really like Rutgers, and I still don't have enough confidence in Syracuse to trust them. But the Dome should be rocking, and, like, Syracuse fans and Rutgers, like, the ones that are diehard Rutgers and Syracuse football fans, they're going to make this trip because this is a bringing back an old, nice, fun Big East rivalry. It's going to bring back, again, it's a, it's a local, it's a, it's even though, again, college not big in New Jersey and New York, this is the battle of that area. This winner gets to kind of take hold of that that area as the best team in the in the new yorks and the, or the in the new states not in new mexico even then they're probably still in the new mexico program so what are your thoughts here because i don't like this is, this game is going to be fun i'm very excited for this one
1: yeah i'm very excited for this too like you said this is an old big east rivalry it's a big east showdown um even though i'm not the biggest fan of Syracuse being in the ACC. Sorry, Syracuse fans. I think this is great for you. Uh, I think this is a great matchup. Um, Rutgers, man, they're not that bottom dweller of Power 5 football anymore. They're not in the same realm as Kansas or once upon a time, Oregon State. I think they've gotten a little bit better throughout the years. Or Duke or, uh, you know, a couple years ago, Arkansas. Uh, I don't think they're that, that program anymore. I think Greg Shiana has done a great job uh, at that school. Their recruiting is doing really, really well, especially going into the 2022 class. Uh, I believe they're top 20 right now. So things are changing at Rutgers, but I would love to see a down Syracuse who kind of impressed you and I both last week to just put a pause at the improvements Rutgers has made throughout the last couple of years and take over the area. Like you said, this is kind of like that battle for New Jersey and New York. So I think I'm with you though. I think Rutgers will win, but I would just love to see that old big East rivalry and Syracuse take care of business. But I don't know what the spread is. You might know what it is, but I think I'm, I'm going to take Rutgers, but I think Syracuse might cover. So It's it's two
0: and a half, so it's basically unless you think Rutgers wins by a point, you're probably taking
1: Rutgers over the spread, too. Uh, then, you know what, I think Rutgers might cover the spread because I think that's a little too close. Well, you know what, it is at the Dome, so that does play a huge difference because that place can get really rowdy. I don't know, but I think Rutgers does win this game, but that would be huge again. A Big Ten ACC team being a Big Ten team, that will help us, you know, for not to have the national embarrassment, right? So we'll see what happens. I'm excited for this game. This is one of the games that I thought about when we did our road trip because I thought, oh, you know, this is an old Biggie showdown. So um we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm pulling for Syracuse. That would be huge if they could win this game. One thing I
0: really, really like, too, and I want to mention is – Rutgers is getting revotes in the coaches. So that, that's what's something also that's kind of exciting for me is it's like, hey, Rutgers is, again, I don't think they're top 20 team, but some coaches are ranking them in the top 25. So if that tells you anything about the confidence of this team towards the rest like, some of these coaches in the country, that could be huge for Syracuse. And, again, like, if Syracuse can start this season 3-0 and going into a Friday night with Liberty – that's going to be awesome. I mean, they get Albany next week. So, I mean, I'm not, oh, I don't want to overlook Albany, but if they, even if they're just 2 0, I mean, their wins are at Ohio and versus Rutgers. Like, are they great wins? No, but for a Syracuse team that we've, you know, that really struggled last year and we've had some questions and question marks about, that's a pretty darn good start. That's exactly what I wanted from a team. You know, I'm pretty high on Syracuse and they're a quality team, but I had them as a potential bowl team. And that's, that's a great – like, they need this win to be able to open that door for a bowl game. I mean, yeah. probably needs it too, being in the Big Ten East, a very strong division. But, yeah, this is going to be a very fun one. I I can't wait to get score updates in, in Memorial Stadium and Lincoln for this. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be fun. I mean, Rutgers, again, like, I'm looking at some of the stats. I mean, they uh, they looked – again, they looked great against Temple – uh, and I, am a big fan of Noah Vigil. He's actually, it's kind of funny. Um, I believe he's a, he's a Nebraska transfer, but he's actually from about an hour and a half where I live in Nebraska. And he is well-loved in the state. And I know Nebraska fans are, are pissed that he is not a Husker because they were like, yeah, he's better than Adrian Martinez. And he's kind of proven to be that, that way for Rutgers <laughs> so far. So it'll mean, interesting to see, because I mean, Rutgers' success came running the football, and Syracuse did a darn good job slowing down Ohio's rushing attack last week. So this could be a strength-on-strength strength matchup. So should be interesting to watch for sure. Uh, but any other thoughts here before we uh, we move on to? I wouldn't call it a trap game for Virginia Tech, but you could maybe make the make the argument a trap game for Virginia Tech against Middle Tennessee State this weekend.
1: A 2-0 start would be great for Syracuse. I think uh, I would ride them a little bit throughout the rest of the season. And you're right, it opens the door for a bowl game. But uh, just excited for the matchup because of the history. So, but that's all I pretty much got. All
0: right, let's move on. Virginia Tech, Middle Tennessee State, also a 2-clock kickoff on the ACC Network. This is – this is one of those games. Middle Tennessee State used to be, not used to be, but was a very good program for a few years. They've kind of fallen off the last few years. Uh, they're they're getting uh, votes in the bottom 25. Uh, for those that don't know, Tom Finnelli is he's a writer for uh, CBS Sports. Uh, Middle Tennessee State was receiving votes for his bottom 25. They actually left the bottom 25. They were in it to start the season. So I guess there's some promise there. But you know, something to kind of take a note of. They, they rolled Monmouth. People go, oh, wow, it's Monmouth. Monmouth was an FCS playoff team this spring. They're a pretty good football team. They're not great. They're pretty good. Bailey Hockman, I'm sure you're familiar with Mr. Bailey Hockman. Yes, sir. Back for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. He looked good. I mean, again, it's Monmouth, but 215 yards, three touchdowns. Didn't Bailey Hockman, was he the quarterback against Virginia Tech last year? Wasn't he, wasn't he the one? Because I think Leary was hurt by then, or was out with COVID, wasn't he? Yes.
1: Yeah, so what happened was Leary was expected to start that game, but it was a last-minute scratch. I don't think Leary got COVID. I think it was like the contact tracing or something, so he had to be out. And then yes, Bailey Hoffman did play that game. And
0: correct me, that game that game did not go well for Virginia or for excuse me for NC State. No, it did not. I don't think it was really Hockman's issue. They just couldn't stop Virginia Tech, if I remember correctly. He wasn't turning over a ton, was he?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, the defense was just nowhere to be found. Virginia Tech was scoring, like, every three minutes. It was insane. They were going down the field. Virginia Tech whipped our asses that game. I don't think it had anything to do with Bailey Hockman. I'm trying to remember if he had any mistakes. I'm sure he did. But the main takeaway I had from that game was the NC State defense against Virginia Tech was just allowing so many points, so many yards so quickly. So, Hawkman gets to see Virginia Tech again, which I'm kind of going to pay attention to and see what happens.
0: Yeah, like, so the spread here, I'm looking at it, it is currently 20 in favor of Virginia Tech. I'm going to take Middle Tennessee State with the spread here. And the only reason why I'm doing that is I genuinely think Virginia Tech is a much better football team than the Blue Raiders. But it's a look ahead. You just had an emotional – I mean, I'm not saying Virginia Tech was the national team of the week because there were some teams with some bigger wins, but the amount of hype. I mean, everyone, everywhere on Twitter, you see that enter Sandman clip, which, again, insane, awesome. Love that for Virginia Tech. So you have that emotional top ten win at home, storm in the field, all this national attention, and then you're you have one of the – in terms of the national scheme of things, not the biggest game of all time. But as a Virginia Tech fan, I have friends that honestly hate West Virginia more than they hate Virginia, which is crazy. It makes sense to a point. Where I'm from in Roanoke, Virginia, I am only 45 minutes further to Morgantown than I am Charlottesville. For those Virginia Tech fans that live in the tennis, like in the really southern part of the state, like Narrows and Giles County, it's about the same distance to Charlottesville as is in Morgantown. And, you know, there are – the West Virginia fan base runs all the way down to the southern tip in Princeton and Bluefield. You know, Bluefield and Princeton, West Virginia are split pretty much 50-50 between Hokies and Mountaineers. That Black Diamond trophy on the line. hasn't been played in a while. You know, if you're Virginia Tech, how do you not kind of look ahead to West Virginia next week? Especially knowing that, again, after what you showed against North Carolina, you are truly the better team in this one. I still think the Hokies win, but I wouldn't be surprised if middle Tennessee state is sitting around there at halftime at, in a 10, 14 point game. And we're kind of going, what the heck? Because one thing that I really liked listening to a lot of podcasts, also watching the AC network. Now that I finally have FUBU TV again and my internet works at work, I actually run my smart TV all the time, but one thing I really, really love is the fact that, you know, having Packer and Durham kind of being my background noise at work. You know, Virginia Tech did not look great in the second half. North, like, like it was an insult to North Carolina because Virginia Tech never just finished Artarians. They just kind of let them like there was no like Virginia Tech was not this overly dominant team, in my opinion. The first half they were much better. But the second half, like it wasn't like Virginia Tech was. All that impressive. So yeah, I don't think you can overlook Middle Tennessee State. Actually, if you didn't know this, Nick, I only know this because I actually almost accepted a job with Middle Tennessee State's athletic department uh, pre-COVID in February of 2020. Uh, Virginia Tech was actually supposed to play at Middle Tennessee State last season before COVID obviously changed the schedule. So if this game was in uh, Murfreesboro, which is just outside of Nashville, I'd be really concerned for the Hokies. But with it being in Lane Stadium, I'm sure there's going to be a great crowd still. Uh, and again, you know, they're just a better team. So give me the Hokies, but I, I don't feel comfortable at 20. I'll say a 14 point one for the Hokies.
1: Yeah. What was that spread again? 20. 20. So, yeah, I feel like, I feel like Virginia Tech will start off slow. I think just the high of uh, beating UNC. But then again, like you said, when, when, when a team like Virginia tech beats a team like North Carolina, it's emotional and everything. And you sort of kind of look past the easy team that you're going to play next week. It always happens. And it gets closer than you think, but I'm also going to believe that because Virginia tech didn't play their best ball against UNC, they should play a lot better against middle Tennessee. So I think, I think middle Tennessee does cover but I think we're going to see a lot of great plays from Virginia Tech um, on Saturday. I think we're going to be very impressed with what Burmeister can do, what that offense can do. I think it will wake up for sure. Um, and then they're going to look forward to West Virginia. We could be talking about a possible 3-0 and Virginia Tech team. Uh, like we said, or as I said before, we don't know by the time they get to Notre Dame, are they going to be 6-0? and Or are they going to be three and three or two and five? Or I'm sorry, two and three, or whatever it is. Um, it's starting to look like they could be trending with a better record than we thought going into Notre Dame because again, we didn't know what this team was going to bring us because West Virginia, they did not look good against Maryland. So how good is Virginia Tech gonna be against them? How good are they gonna be against Middle Tennessee? I think they should. Definitely improve a lot on offense, but Bailey Hawkman kind of knows this team a little bit. And I think Middle Tennessee is too good of a program to just be blown out. So I got Virginia Tech winning, but I think Middle Tennessee should cover and make it a little interesting in the first quarter.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, also a big fan of uh, Coach Stocksdale over at uh, Middle Tennessee State. So this should be, this is a game. Like you said, I'm gonna I'm gonna check in on it just because kind I want to see Bailey Hawkman uh, how he performs. But too, you know, for me to feel comfortable with Virginia Tech, you know, actually taking the next step and you know this is not being a Justin Fuente Virginia Tech team that just loves to be really random, they need to take care of business, be in control of this game. You know, I understand. Obviously, it might not be a 20. I'm not expecting a 28 point lead at halftime, but just be in control. Even if it's the offense is maybe a little slow to start, but they're they're just dominating Mill Tennessee State on defense. That's fine. That's perfectly fine with me. So, uh, give me the Hokies again. I'm, I, I'm. This is uh this is one of those games where I mean I don't think this is an old dominion situation for Virginia Tech it's at home. But please just don't sleepwalk too much because again. Save some for for Wake or Wake Forest for West Virginia next week, but at the same time, like, you know, just take care of business. It's a very ACC model this week. Just take care of business. Yeah, but uh, let's uh, let's move on to my favorite game in all of college football this week, just because it's just there's just it's just hilarious to me. I don't know if you ever. I mean, I'm a huge college football fan. I don't know if you ever just look at the schedule and you're just like, what the what the f is going on? boston college heads to umass nick do you know anything about umass's football stadium do you know anything about umass's just program in general what do you know about
1: them uh that they're awful and uh they just stink all around i think they've had like 12 wins in the last 12 years or something like that so uh I don't know, there's this podcast I listen to and one of the producers is a UConn fan and he absolutely trashes UMass all the time. So that's all I know. I know the stadium's not good either, but what I'm really curious is this seems like one of the worst games on the slate, but it's the second most expensive, like cheapest ticket you can get for the ACC. The highest one right now is Tennessee and Pitt. The second highest is BC and UMass, which kind of blows my mind considering we got state and Mississippi well, state. What's the price the on stuff up
0: or what's the price you're saying?
1: I'm seeing $26 as the lowest. Okay.
0: Well, let me, let, let me give you some insight. McGurk alumni stadium in beautiful Amherst, uh, Massachusetts, which I've never been to for a game. However, I have been inside the stadium when I was, on my way up to Syracuse, actually, a few years ago, I stopped just to kind of explore it. And it took me about 10 minutes to explore it. It sucks. It's a high school football stadium on steroids. It holds 17,000 people. I just got bored and decided to add every remaining ticket into my cart. It obviously, did not let me check out because that's impossible to do for ticket systems. There are about 1,500 tickets remaining. So at this point, we're talking about 15,000 if everybody shows up and every student shows up, which I hope they would. I mean... This is a fun game. If you're a student I and mean, what else do you have to do in Amherst, Massachusetts on this Saturday, 15,000 people. Oh, and by the way, tickets, 50 yard line row five through UMass. So you're guaranteed not to get screwed over by any means. $38 after fees. So tickets are cheap, cheap, yeah. cheap, cheap. I understand $26. That is, that is actually kind of surprising that it's one of the more specific games on stop up, but again, we don't have a great slate this week, so it kind of makes sense to a point. But yeah, $38, 15,000 people, maybe. Yeah, UMass is terrible. The spread currently is 37 and a half for Boston College. Lock it up, Boston College by 50. I am comfortable with that. UMass is awful. They cannot slow down the pass. Kenny Pickett was having a great day against this defense. Imagine what Zay Flowers and Phil Jakovic can do against this defense. And you can't tell me that Boston College is not going to want to dominate their in-state foe. I'm not going to call them a rival. Let's be honest here. They're in-state foe. And I guarantee you half the crowd in that game is going to be Boston College fans. So are they even really playing a road game minus what's on the turf? No. Boston College big. Over-unders 58. I think Boston College gets 58 by themselves.
1: Yeah, I agree. I got nothing on this game. I think this kind of just reminds me of last week's game against uh, Colgate. There should be no reason that Boston College uh, gives up, like, more than a field goal to this team. This team has – this program has been trash for a very long time. They can't get anything together. And you're saying that 50% of this is going to be Boston College fans. I'm going to say it's going to be over 75 because let's be real. It's probably not that far of a drive. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to make the trip. I think a lot of Boston College fans are high on Boston College this year. So they're going to go ahead and catch an extra game uh, on on the schedule that's a road game that's in their backyard. So, I got another. I have nothing else. Uh, Boston College should blow the doors off of this team.
0: Yeah. Pretty, my opinion, pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Not going to waste our time here. Not going to waste our time much here. Clemson, South Carolina State. uh, Don't know. I want to, I kind of want to find a spread for this because I think it would be hilarious to see what it is specifically. Especially if they maybe, I'm wondering if they take into consideration, how poor the offense looked. If maybe they make an argument about, well, maybe Clemson's not going to win big, um, kind of thing. Let's see. We've got a spread of fifty. Ugh, Clemson in a fifty burger. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna cover fifty. I mean, come on. You can't tell me that that Davo Swain's not going to tell them. Let's uh, poor South Carolina State. I would be I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson wins seventy-seven to seven. To be honest, like they're gonna. They're gonna they're gonna try to show this offense was, you know, just struggling last week. So yeah, Clemson, big.
1: Yeah, same here. I will say South Carolina State coming off a very close loss to Alabama AM 42 to 41. So I guess we can say they might score a point or two just because how many points they put up last week. But I mean, come on. Uh, if you're questioning Clemson's defense against South Carolina's I'm sorry Clemson's offense against mm-hmm. South Carolina State you're crazy uh even though they struggle against Georgia who probably has the best defense in the nation uh they should just put up 50 points on South Carolina State with ease I mean I got we, we shouldn't really spend much time on this I think this is a game that we're going to be like, oh, yeah, Clemson won. That's it. They're still going to be number six in the nation. Um, That's pretty much all I got.
0: Yeah. Pretty simple. Um, Let's get – since it's same time, let's get Eastern Kentucky-Louisville out of the way. Um, Well, Louisville, just just show me something. Show me that you're not – you're not dead, I guess. Um, I expect – Cunningham take a step forward here. Uh, I mean, if Louisville struggles in this game, then I'm definitely going to be very wrong about my seven and five prediction for this team. I'm still feeling like I'm wrong, but at least, you know, if they win this one pretty convincingly and then maybe I can just kind of chalk up, up, not a fluky loss, but at least in the fashion they lost kind of maybe hold more stock in the second half than the first half of that game. But yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Eastern Kentucky beat Western Carolina 31-28 last week. Western Carolina is not a very good FCS team. Uh, these are both just straight average FCS teams. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Louisville to win by three touchdowns here, maybe even four to kind of get an improve-me-something game. Um, but, yeah, uh, nothing I really want to spend too much time on here with Louisville either.
1: Yeah, I agree. This, I, I think everything you said is accurate. This is a show-me-something game. Show me that Cunningham uh, isn't dead and that he's not – frazzled easily i mean it is eastern kentucky but this is a great bounce back it's not like it should be like a practice for you but instead of practice you're not playing against your own defense you're playing against different defense so you will get a different look and show show us that you got a little life louisville come on um i think they should win this by three touchdowns with ease i mean this is again another another fcs team that uh an ACC school is going to play like Georgia tech, like Duke, which is basically show me something. Um, that's all I got on Louisville. They should Cunningham. I'm expecting a big game from him. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah,
0: pretty, pretty simple. Now let's, uh, let's talk some, uh, do we want to, do we want to tap it off? With some of the bigger games. And I mean, even though we're, we're going uh, an hour out of our way time slot wise, do we want to group Jacksonville State, Florida State into this? Or do we want to talk about it a little bit more? Because it's a little bit more trappy than the other ones, in these ones. What, what do you want to do here?
1: Yeah, let, you want to get Florida State out of the way?
0: Yeah, let's get it out of the way. So Florida State, Jacksonville State, both teams lost. Uh, Florida State, of course, lost a Heartbreaker, Notre Dame. Jacksonville State, of course, lost pretty conventionally to UAB. Uh, Jacksonville State is a very fantastic quarterback. It's a Clemson transfer. Um, he is I'm trying, um, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. It's going to drive me nuts. So let me give him the respect he deserves here. Uh, but other than that, their offense just looked very put. I mean, they were shut out by UAB. Um, so something to kind of keep an eye on. Zarek, that's a, Zarek Cooper. He's a very good, he's very mobile. Uh, I do expect Jacksonville State to score on Florida State, but, I think Florida State should win by three or four scores here. If you're Florida State, if you really want to prove that last week was not a fluke, you roll Jacksonville State in this game. You you do what Florida State normally doesn't do, uh, especially last year. I mean, they, they almost lost to this Jacksonville State team last year. So yeah. Do something that, again, this is a show-me-something game. Show me that, that the Notre Dame loss was, again, even though it was a loss, the way they perform, show me that this is like that Florida State, again, it's not back, but Florida State is a ball team this year, is, is going to be a thorn in the side of NC State, Wake Forest. So again, Florida State goes to Wake next week. So I'm not saying you look ahead, but don't look ahead. Just focus on Jacksonville State, roll them, take care of business, go to Winston-Salem next week and do your job. So, I mean, I, one thing I do want to see is I hope, I hope I see both quarterbacks. I hope we have a reason to see both quarterbacks. It's a blowout. I'm intrigued because it sounds like Mackenzie Milton's going to get the start, but I've heard rumors they might just go with Jordan, Jordan Travis again and leave Milton as kind of like like if they need him kind of thing against Jacksonville State. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, one thing that Danny Cannell said on the cover Three podcast that I really, really liked is Mackenzie Milton in practice did not look any better than Jordan Travis. But McKenzie is just a gamer. He is that guy that you want out there late in the game to when you get you back in the game. He's just a baller in in prime time. Jordan Travis is just not there yet. I think he's the quarterback of the future. I think he's a pretty talented quarterback. But at the same time, do you go with Milton to start and let him maybe run Jacksonville State out of town? Or do you let Jordan Travis hopefully do that as well and leave Milton as maybe, again, I mean, that's someone that gets rested because again, the last thing I want to do is see McKenzie Milton get hurt against Jackson.
1: Yeah. So the only thing that I'm curious about this game is a, well, first I think Florida state should just roll them over, show us that the Notre Dame game wasn't a fluke and that you're somewhat back that you're going to compete for the Atlantic and give wake and BC and NC state a scare this season. But what I will be looking forward to in this game is the quarterback play. Uh, I could see them switching reps every series of downs. Um, I could see McKenzie starting the first half and then Travis starting the second half. I think that's why I'm leaning more towards of what's going to actually happen. I think McKenzie's going to start. I think Florida State is going to. Uh, roll them over the first half. It could be 24 nothing, 28-0, 28-3, whatever you want to say in that neighborhood. And then I think Jordan Travis is going to come in and uh, maintain the game, maybe show us a little something more. Uh, he, was, I mean, yeah, he got pulled out, but I mean, it was for his helmet, but he still showed us something. He still had made some great plays with his feet and his arm. So that's what I'm kind of looking forward to in this game is are we going to get a clear definitive who is going to start the rest of the season? I think it's going to be, it's going to come down to this game. Um, So we'll see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Um, Yeah. So let's, uh, let's move on then to what again, should be a fun game. Uh, It worries me because you mentioned it. Uh, on a review pod when we were talking about Miami. App State, heading to Miami. App State loves to go to these Power 5 schools and loves to not give a shit who they're playing. They will – they treat every opponent the same. They don't care who you are. They will – they will – I love App State because they will always try to be the bully. Regardless of whether they're the better team, they will always play the bully role, and I love that about them. um didn't help. I'm sure you probably saw the video on Twitter today of Luke Combs absolutely getting App State riled up after that win against East Carolina. I love that. I love that people are like, oh, App State needs to be ranked now. I wouldn't go that far. But I also don't think Miami should be ranked. So um, I guess Miami, show me something, you know, my favorite uh, favorite line here. But Miami is a nine point favorite. They are not winning by two scores. Well, OK, that, that's that's a bad take. I don't think they're winning by two fours. That's probably a better way of putting it. Uh, I do think Miami does win. I, I'm, I'm just praying that Miami doesn't Miami. <laughs> but I think Miami will win. It's because I think the embarrassment they received last week, I think De'Aaron King is going to want to show off. I wasn't, again, App State looks good. I think East Carolina is a better football team than some people will say they are. But I wasn't overly impressed with App State last week. I didn't think they were like, you know, god sends by any means. And again, I I don't know if you saw that tweet, but last year Chase Bryce's Duke team lost 45 nothing to Miami. I'm not saying it's going to be that bad, but Chase Bryce played a big part in Miami rolling Duke. Uh I like Chase Bryce to maybe throw one or two interceptions against this Miami defense. So uh maybe that's why I'm confident here, but I think Miami wins by a touchdown.
1: Yeah, uh, so I did see Luke Holmes' tweet. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was really, really cool. It kind of give you, kind of gave you a little bit of chills. I kind of like that a lot. Um, look, man, like I said in the preview podcast, when or I'm sorry, the uh, the week one recap podcast, App State doesn't mess around. They don't care who you are. They don't care if you're Michigan. They don't care if you're Alabama or Texas or Florida State. Ever, ever since App state became an FBS team of uh, six, seven years ago, the only this is where it gets interesting. the only power five team where they didn't win or kept it close was when Miami actually came to boom, uh three years ago, three or four years ago. Now they got a chance to make this game close and give a run for their money for uh, the hurricanes. So listen, if you're Miami, You're not rolling over on this game. You show up for this game. This is not your typical group of five school. They have made it close against Wake. They beat North Carolina. They beat South Carolina. They made it close against Tennessee. They made it close. It was a blowout towards the end, but when they played Georgia three or four years ago, that game was very Uh, competitive in the first half, I think it was only seven and nothing or 10 and nothing. Georgia, okay. So, Miami, if you want us to respect you, if you want us to get back on the train of Miami can be a good coastal team, a good national team, stay in the top 25, you have to cover this spread. It's nine and a half. If they win, if Miami wins by two touchdowns, I will be very impressed. And I think Miami. Will bump up in the rankings a little bit because App State right now is getting uh boats in the top 25. So if you're Miami, dude, save your season, save, uh, redeem yourself. This is a redemption game. Come out, show us what you were really made of, and just take it to App Man. This is a well respected team that we can respect you again if you cover. Basically, that's all I'm asking is just to cover. That's it. So, um that's all I got on this game for sure. Watch out, man. Cause those mountaineers, they don't mess around. They don't give a shit who you are.
0: I hope, uh, I hope Miami wins for the sake of my really good buddy, Hayden. Shout out to Hayden. He actually runs fifth quarter CCU. He's a coastal Carolina student, diehard Miami fan. Uh, I've been to more Miami games with him than anyone else in my life. We've gone, we went to the pinstripe bowl a few years ago. We've, we've done some Miami trips together for sure. Um, and so as a coastal student from North Carolina, who's a Miami fan, guess what team he hates probably more than anybody in the state. <laughs> App. So I can tell you right now, uh, if he wants to uh, make it out alive with his friends, he needs Miami Wednesday. So uh, I hope that for his sake it happens. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, I will be thoroughly enjoying listening to this on my car ride back from Lincoln as well as then, of course, watching it once I get home for the second half. Uh, Hopefully, it's a little bit more of a comfortable lead, so I don't have to worry about it too much. But uh, let's move on. Nick, the floor is yours. You gave a little bit of a hype on the radio earlier today. I tweeted that out on Fifth Quarter ACC, so if you didn't see that, check that out. Listen to Nick getting pumped. Also, Nick, I want to point out, uh, I love your shirt living in Nebraska. There's one thing I miss more than anything in the world. It is cookout. Uh, So, please eat a cookout tray for me in the next couple of days. And just remember that, uh, take it, that's uh, what's the word, cherish it before it's gone. Because once, I never really truly appreciated cookout until I left it. And now I'm sorry if any Nebraskans are listening to this. Runza is ass compared to cookout. So uh, yeah, um, I, I miss you cookout. Sorry, shout out cookout. I wish they were our sponsor. But anyways, NC State, only a one point favorite going into Starkville. Nick, floor is yours.
1: I think besides all my NC state shirts, I was really happy that I wore this cookout shirt because a it's red and B it's got North Carolina on it. This like the state drawn on it. So I'm glad I put that out on Twitter to give uh, the Mississippi state fans that I I'm a North Carolina kid, but look, man, I am so excited for this game. A we didn't get it last year. Uh, B, we're headed to Starkville, so I'm really excited to see Raleighwood take over Stark Vegas. Um, this game will save the conference as being respected, this game right here, because A, NC State is picked by a lot of people to finish second in the Atlantic. B, no matter what SEC team it is, and I get Pitt is beating Tennessee, or playing Tennessee. Um this is Mississippi State. Now they're not Alabama or LSU or Texas A&M, but they're a respected SCC school. You go down there and you show them what's what. That's all I got. I mean, I've been so pumped for this game ever since the first game got canceled. So I've been looking forward to this. I think we're going to handle business uh that game against Louisiana tech for Mississippi state was honestly kind of embarrassing for them. Um, I think I said last or on Tuesday show that it made me more confident playing Mississippi state, but less confident, a little bit playing Louisiana tech. So I don't know how state fans are measuring that because we play Louisiana tech after Clemson. So I don't know. Um, the defense, I think, should take care of business. NC State, I picked you guys as the number one defense, which right now is turning out to be true because we didn't give up a point. But I think the defense will show up. I think Devin's going to have a great game. Uh, I mean, if Mississippi State gave up 34 points to Louisiana Tech, then I can only hope and imagine that our running back duo with Ricky Person and um Oh, why am I blanking on his name? Not Justin Houston. Uh, Bam Knight, Duh. Ricky person and bam Knight I think are the best running back duo in the ACC. Kind of like those two running backs from North Carolina last year. So we should put up a lot of points. I'm taking NC state. I'm taking the spread. I, I don't know what you were looking at. Micah one point I saw two. So whatever it is, I'm taking it NC state all the way this game is the game of the week for the conference, and I'm expecting it to be huge.
0: Yeah. So one thing I want to point out to you, I don't know how much you deep dive the box score for Mississippi State and Louisiana Tech, but Mississippi State did all their offense basically throwing the ball. They did have two rushing touchdowns from running back Drequavius. I hope I said that right. I apologize if I botched that name, Marks. Uh, he only had 71 yards rushing, but he did have two touchdowns. So watch that out in goal line, I guess. I don't really like Will Rodgers. I don't think he's that great, especially for a Mike Leach of Austin uh, offense. Excuse me. Louisiana Tech did not run the ball very well last week. They don't really have a great running back, but their leading rusher was their quarterback, Austin Kendall. But Austin Kendall had a day throwing the football, absolute day. It was incredible to watch. Um, again, this was one of those things where if Mississippi State doesn't drop twenty-one in the fourth quarter, uh, yeah, they don't win that game. The one thing I will say, you know, you mentioned it. Maybe it was kind of embarrassing. Mississippi State. I mean, obviously it was. I genuinely think that they were they were uh, they were on cruise control for three quarters, and then realized, holy crap, like we're about to lose the Louisiana Tech if we don't wake the heck up. I think they were trying to not show a lot for NC State. I think Mississippi State has been circling this game because, like, again, like they're in the SEC West. It doesn't get much easier, you know, their schedule. If you look at, they go to Memphis next week after this one. So that game, again, not a guaranteed win for them. They go to Vandy and they host Kentucky and they get Tennessee State. So you that that's probably your six wins if you're going to get to a bowl game at Mississippi State. So you really, really need to beat NC State to kind of open that door. So something to kind of keep an eye on there. Uh, again, I think that they're going to be something that – again, I don't think this game is going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be close. I will take NC State to cover and win. It mean, one point, two points even, I think whoever wins this game, it's going to be by a field goal or more, but I will take uh, NC state. One thing I want to point out, obviously I love the relationship that NC state and Mississippi state had from the college world series. But one thing that I don't know, I mean, I thought about sharing this story on fifth quarter ACC on Twitter, just because I think it's something really cool. So obviously NC state played Mississippi state a few years ago in the belt bowl. Uh, I actually attended that game with my Christmas present from my girlfriend. And uh, one of the coolest things that happened was uh, of course I was ripping NC state red and uh, an NC State shirt, but I had an NC state hat on. And uh, we were out in the tail, like walking around the, kind of where the tailgates were in Charlotte. And uh, a Mississippi State fan invited us in to tailgate with them. Got to talking, great people. Well, they had extra cowbells, and they gave me a Mississippi State cowbell. And they gave me my first sticker. And I've been to three Mississippi State games since then, none actually in Starkville, but I've ran into them on the road as well as on play Lamar Jackson's last ever game at Louisville and the Gator Bowl. So I have stickers on my cowbell and actually have that cowbell in my, in my apartment. And uh, it's one of the coolest things because. It seems like Mississippi State fans have always been very welcoming to not only just NC State fans, but even just, it sounds like even a lot of fans unless you're an old mess fan. So that's one thing I thought was really, really cool. Obviously seeing that relationship blossom more because the college world series has been nice, but again, that story, that was four years ago, five years ago when there was no college world series, uh, you know, storyline. So uh, I, I do say I, I have a soft spot, Mississippi State and the SEC. And I love Mike Leach too. So it doesn't help uh, make it any more uh, enjoyable for me, but, yeah, I like. I I think that uh, no offense to Austin Kendall of Louisiana Tech, but I do think Devin Larry is a much better quarterback than him. I think the receivers on the outside, and I think too the the ability of NC State if they can get you know the, that that duo in the backfield going, you know, all it does is open up that secondary for problems. And so yeah, I think I think NC State wins, and I'm bullish on saying this, Nick, but I think NC State wins by two scores.
1: That's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm not counting that out at all. Um, I love the relationship that we have with Mississippi State. Again, like you said, with the whole College World Series. And uh, I've heard like stories before, because this isn't NC State's first time, even before the Belk Bowl playing Mississippi State. From one of the podcasts I listened to, uh, the host is a Mississippi State fan, and he's always said that years back even in the 90s when they played each other that they were both fan bases were very friendly to each other so i guess they're our brother from the sec there are sec are what did they call it they called us nc state west basically so i got nothing against mississippi state fans although i do have a couple of friends that are old miss fans and they're really hoping that we kill them uh but it's not a of possibility i think if NC State does win this game by two scores. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of drama in Starkville with Mike Leach because I get it's only his second year at Mississippi State, but you have to beat or at least keep it close to uh NC State if you want to have some job security and make a bowl game because this is a like you said, this is a game that they have to win because. I don't know if they can really compete in the SEC this year. Now, we we don't know yet based on the Louisiana Tech game. I think they just woke up, but you're, you are in the SEC West. You got to play Bama. I know LSU is down, but you still got to play LSU. Ole Miss is probably the best offense, not in, just in the SEC, but maybe even in the country. You got to play AM. So this is a big game for Mississippi state. I think Mississippi state fans are more scared of us than we are of them. Uh, but it should be a very fun game. Obviously it's the game of the week for the ACC. So we'll see, but I am hoping that we just blow the doors off of them. And uh, this game is not even close. I, I think it will be close, but I would be very happy if it wasn't.
0: 100% agree. All right. Let's uh Let's wrap it up. I believe this is the last game after this one, right? Yeah. So, let's we'll wrap it up with the last one here. Uh, your in-state rivals, the 24th-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels against Georgia State. Um, this might be crazy because I might be the only one in the country that actually gave a, a shit about the outcome of the Georgia State game. So, Georgia State played Army last week. Georgia State was a favorite. And a lot of people were kind of saying, oh, Georgia State's overrated. Uh, or excuse me, the Army should beat Georgia State. They don't understand why Georgia State's the favorite. I was very confused the other way because I thought I was I was very, very high on Georgia State. And I was like, Army's going to be fine, but I don't think they're going to be anything special. Did you see the score of the Georgia State game, Nick, against Army? Yeah, what was it, 43 to 10 or something like that? It was, yeah. it was bad. It was bad. So I'm not trying to sugarcoat North Carolina's loss to Virginia Tech, but, hey, North Carolina fans, you are probably the least disappointed fan base in this game. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. North Carolina is a 26-point favorite. I think North Carolina covers. I think Sam Howell comes out and just slings the rock. I think North Carolina is all gas, no breaks. Uh, with this game being in Chapel Hill, I hope the atmosphere is good. I'm sure it's going to kill a little bit of the vibe. But, yeah, North Carolina, I think they win 49-20, to 20, maybe even more, maybe
1: 49-14. Yeah, there should be no reason why this game is close. Uh, like I said before, and I think you agree with me, Micah, UNC is not the reason why the conference is down again it, as like ACC guys, we're celebrating that Virginia tech showed up and they're the second best ranked team of the ACC teams that are ranked. So look, Georgia state, NC state played them three years ago, blew the doors off of them. And I would probably say that this unc team is better than that 2018 nc state team even though georgia state didn't they beat tennessee in 2019 which was an absolute shocker but i'm still going unc they should just blow the doors off of them uh they should cover with ease What would you say that that spread was 26 26 yeah i mean listen this is a take care of your taking care of business game, like we said with the other schools that lost embarrassingly, or even though UNC didn't lose embarrassingly. Um, you take care of business. Sam Howe should have a great game. You bounce back. I think it got into his head a little bit like, oh, he's the Heisman favorite. UNC, watch out. I think you and I kind of sniffed it out a little bit that they were a little overrated coming into the season. Even Mac Brown has admitted that too. So, but this is a d- game where you just take care of business, let them know who you are, stay in that top 25. And uh, that's all I basically got. Sam House should have a great game though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, any final thoughts here, Nick, before we wrap this up? I mean, this is a big week for the ACC at the end of the day. 14-0 is on all the realm of possibilities, but it also would not shock me if the ACC wanted the ACC and go 9-5. and five. 10 and four here. I mean, I guess let's wrap this up with one final question. What is a sky is falling week for the AC? Obviously zero wins would be like the end of the world, but for me, I think if the AC doesn't win 10 of these games, I'm going to be pissed and we it might be the worst power five conference, including the PAC 12, which is insane. because The PAC 12 is not very good.
1: Yeah. Um, I think if, if this were a sky was falling situation. I think Duke would have to lose Uh Virginia tech game, that Virginia tech game. I think that would actually be a lot closer than people think. Cause then we would be like, Oh, I guess Virginia tech are a bunch of frauds. Uh The app state game is close to Miami. If NC state loses, if I think Syracuse is going to lose, but. Um, I think if a lot of things and if Pitt loses too, so. We'll see what happens. I think you're right. If the ACC doesn't come out with at least 10 wins out of this very easy schedule and this schedule really does benefit us and we could bounce back very easily after that first embarrassing week. Uh, yeah. So that's all I got. I think 10 wins should get it done and we should bounce back.
0: All right. Well, That'll wrap this one up. We appreciate everybody listening. As always, it means just a little bit less in ACC country. We hope you enjoy, and we have a great week. And that when we uh, when we get together here on Sunday, Nick, we're talking uh, good news, not bad news. But uh, as always, go ACC.